Today's episode of the North Forker Podcast is brought to you by East Bay Builders, Inc. East Bay was founded on a simple philosophy to provide reliable, quality work at fair prices. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the North Forker Podcast. I am Michalina DeFont, and I'm joined today by Felicia Lalomia. Hi, Felicia. Hi, Michalina. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm super excited for this November issue that we're going to be talking about. I know. I can't believe it's November. I I honestly know I say that every single time we do a magazine podcast, but it's wild how quickly these months go by, especially these days with everything being so different. Um, Yeah. This is about our Thanksgiving issue and our November issue and our, our thank you issue. We're calling it so many things here that are all so important. Um, and I don't know about you, but I love Thanksgiving. I actually think it's my favorite holiday of the year. Oh, same, same. I mean, it's a holiday that centers around food and family, which are like my favorite things. So yes, I so agree with that. It's such like a warming, cozy holiday. And even though this year Thanksgiving might look very different for people than it has in the past, I still think that even if we're, you know, off on our own doing each of our own little Thanksgiving things, it will be nice to just keep in mind what's important and to show gratitude and show thanks this year. So absolutely. I think now more than ever. Yeah, I definitely agree. Do you and your family have any like Thanksgiving traditions that you stick to? We normally do. Yeah. I have a large extended family. Um, and on Thanksgiving day, we typically go to my aunt's house, um, upstate and, Um, all of my mom's siblings and all my cousins, we all typically get together there and spend a few days there. And, um, that's not happening this year because of everything, um, going on. Um, so I'm actually, this will be the first time I think that I can remember where I'm just going home to have Thanksgiving with my immediate family. Um, so that'll be a little bit different. And then on the weekend of Thanksgiving, we always, um, on my dad's side of family, have like a big Italian feast. Um, that also is happening on a much, much, much smaller scale than typically occurs. But that's okay. I think it's still, I'm still going to go home. I'm still going to get to see my family. I'm still going to get to have all the really amazing food that I look forward to throughout the whole year. Um, it'll just look a little different. So what about you? Um, ours too looks different this year. Like most people, we're having smaller, more immediate family only. Um, but I, I kind of just said it, but the food doesn't change. Like that's like the one good thing about this is you can still make a whole entire feast and you can still enjoy it and just really like love that, that comfort of it. Um, sure. One of our traditions that I've come to really love that we are going to do this year because we still can do things like this is on Thanksgiving morning, as chaotic as it can be, sometimes I host at my house and, you know, preparing for a holiday is quite overwhelming. Um, but I still make it a point every year for our family to all get out and do a morning hike. Um, and so oh, love that. yeah, this year and bundling off if it's chilly and kind of just welcoming, um, that fresh crisp air, um, mm-hmm. before we kind of start the craziness of sides and turkey and all of that. So Running around like crazy. Yeah, I feel like nobody's Thanksgiving day is calm. <laughs> it's like so chaotic, but like that's what you look forward to. Definitely. I know it's like a funny thing. So I'm definitely looking forward to doing that. And then I, you know, I'm not sure if it's happening this year, but if it is, I really want to take my family 
to go to the lighting of the Montauk lighthouse um, if, mm -hmm. if it's happening. So I believe that usually happens the day after Thanksgiving. Could be wrong mm -hmm. on that though, but if it is, then that might be something we do, but you know, not positive yet. So, yeah. so talking about our magazine, mm -hmm. uh, this was a really wonderful one to put together. It talks about food and people in our community and so many things that are so important. Um, specifically, our main eat story um, was amazing. It was a North Fork Thanksgiving. Lauren Lombardi uh, put together these amazing recipes for us. So in this, in this issue, there are recipes for your full Thanksgiving meal, which is really incredible. Um, she gives recipe for turkey and for roasted carrots um, and for appetizers and salads. And it's just a beautiful spread. Um, the food looked really delicious. I was at the shoot helping Lauren with styling. And um, although we didn't get to eat any of it, which you never get to eat food styled food, um, but we do get to look at it and smell it. And it looked and smelled amazing. So I'm sure it'll be delicious. And that was a really amazing story um, and I'm sure so many people are going to enjoy um, reading that and cooking those, those recipes. Um, within that yeah. story there's also a list of places to get your sides from so maybe if you want to kind of do something more simple this year we have a great um, a little list of places to get your sides from for example the scalloped sweet potatoes from Good Food, sourdough bread from 1610 Bakehouse, Mashed turnips from Modern Snack Bar, which are, I think they're like legendary, I want to say. People love those things. Um, turkey gravy from Browder's Birds and Fritz's Sausage Stuffing from Alley Cat's Kitchen. Um, so got a good little, good little list here. Yeah, and I'll say I was not at the shoot, but these photos are absolutely gorgeous. Um, and the side that really sticks out to me that I think I will bring home is the maple roasted rainbow carrots. Those are so pretty looking and they look so like just simple. Um, you don't need to do a lot to the carrots and I will be for sure making those for my Thanksgiving dinner back home. Awesome. Yeah. Let us know how it goes. And yeah, those looked amazing in person. The photos of them too are so beautiful. I was actually um, I mean, I love our cover photo with kind of a beautifully designed spread, um, but the carrot photos definitely caught my eye too, and I love them so much. I could have seen them. I was laughing and saying, I want to like hang this photo in my house, so <laughs> so much. Um, so something else in this magazine that, Felicia, you could definitely talk about with me since you tested all of these. <laughs> we did a great pie bake-off, so we tested, taste-tested I think it was like nine pies. Oh my goodness, there were so many of them. Um, we ate our way through the North Fork in pies. So let's try to It was like a really good day because we got to eat, I think it was seven, seven different pies. But also it was a lot of pies to have in one day. Um, but it was cool. We got to try pies from um, bakeries and farm stands and um, little stores kind of scattered all over the North Fork. Um, and for me, it was the first time that I was able to try a lot of these places for the first time, really anything that they had made. Um, and I was really impressed. I really loved a lot of the pies and I'm not a huge pie person. I, I will eat some on Thanksgiving, but I'm not one to like seek it out a ton during the year, but these pies were really good. And they're, they're like classic 
most of them are pretty classic, but they all kind of have a little, like a different spin on them, like uh, like a streusel or like an interesting top to it. Or um, yeah, they were they were really good. They really were, and that was like a sugar rush crazy day. Um, I think we <laughs> ate pies at like ten or eleven. I want to say. Yeah. And- yeah, my body felt crazy all day. I never consumed that much sugar in such a short period of time, especially so early in the morning. No way, yeah. But yeah, the pie categories we stuck to were apple, pumpkin, and pecan. And the pies were really good. It was really cool to taste different pies um, within the same time period to like really be able to tell like what elements I liked most in which pies. Um, so this little high bake-off story that Sarah Austin um, rounded up all of our notes. We had a bunch of our North Walker staffers um, kind of taste the pie throughout the day and send over their tasting notes. So um, she rounded them up. So there are some good tasting notes on each of the pies. So depending on what you're looking for, what your favorite elements are in a pumpkin pie, do you like um, a lot of crust? Do you like, you know, really dense pump, um, like the pie part of it or, you know, do you like other elements on top of it? There are so many different things to look out for when you're tasting and, and selecting a pie. So hopefully this can help you um, choose what pies are on your Thanksgiving table. Yeah, for sure. And then you did a really fun story. Um, and the photos came out really cool. Um, this is a bit different. So, you know, if you think about the holiday seasons, specifically Thanksgiving and you know, carving the turkey, um, obviously the element there that you need is a knife. And I'm actually not sure if you're going to use one of these knives for it, but you did a really cool story on Mike Johnson um, and the art of the knife. Yeah. Um, so we've been doing sort of like a, a story like this every month for a couple months now. It's like a maker story. So it's somebody that works with their hands in some way. And Mike sort of takes this idea to a whole new level. Um, you know, the story is about him being a bladesmith, somebody that makes knives from scratch, so to speak. Um, but he is somebody who constantly works with his hands. I mean, his day job, he has a tree business. Um, he welds, he fishes, um, and he works on these really beautiful antique cars that he has. I mean, like every single hobby and or thing that he does with his life, it seems like he's always, always, always working with his hands. Yeah. Um, so his bladesmithing is super cool um, to see because like, that's something that, I don't know, I, I, even as somebody who really cooks a lot and I like, I love the one chef's knife that I have and I constantly use it, I never really think about how it was made, yeah. um, even though it's something that I literally use every single day. So it was cool to go into his workshop um, in Orient and see kind of the process from start to finish, how he starts with like this long, skinny sheet of metal and then heats it up and then starts to hammer it. And then slowly but surely, it starts to take a rough shape of a knife. And then there are so many other steps that he has to go through to get it to this beautiful, shiny, um, sharp piece of metal that you can actually cut with. Um, but he makes like a multitude of knives at this point in his sort of bladesmithing career. He's much more into like making something that it just comes from his creative mind. Um, he collects materials for handles, different materials. Um, 
that he uses from like plain pieces of wood to really old pieces of ivory to really interesting intricate um, design of wood that kind of has this I talk about it in the story like a Saturn he describes it as like it looks like Saturn's rings um, and it's a piece of wood and it doesn't you would never guess that and he'll take inspiration from things like that and then make a knife out of it and sometimes the knife is like a utility knife like he talked about his favorite knife being this teeny tiny like three or four inch knife that you can wear as a necklace that you can bring on a boat and like cut a line with or you can cut your cheese with it or you know whittle with it um to very expensive knives that he spends hours and hours and hours on um that he's like this is never really meant to be used this is like art collectible yeah like something that you can collect you take it out you admire it and then you put it back and you take really good care of it and you have it forever um and it's interesting to think about knives in that way um because I always, I think most people would think this too. Like you think about them in a very utilitarian way. Absolutely. You don't think about the process and the thought behind it. And I love seeing his sketches of the knives too in this. I thought were really beautiful. Um, and the knives are gorgeous. And those handles that you were talking about are really beautiful and unique and intricate. Um, and I was just blown away by this. I thought it was really cool. Um, it was a great idea to write about and it's a fascinating process that none of us really think about um, but it was amazing to read yeah yeah it was fun yeah that was a great one Um, so yes we're not probably not going to be carving any turkey with those knives but (laughs) no them while you think about carving your turkey yeah Um, another story that Sarah had written I think that's important to note here we won't get too into it but she does a thank you to the frontline workers Um, And it is interviews with different frontline workers in our North Fork community. And it's a really beautiful read. Um, It kind of lets you get to know them and to know what it's been like this year uh, and what they have done and and just to kind of be aware and to be grateful for these people in our community. Um, And Dave Menthol talked really beautiful portraits of each of these uh, frontline workers. Um, and so thank you to them and to everyone else this year who has been on the front lines. Um, you know, obviously we can't get through this pandemic without you. Everyone enjoy the issue. It is out this week. Um, check it out, find it on newsstands. Yeah. So have a, have a great week and weekend and we'll be back next week to chat some more. Thanks Felicia. Thank you, Michalina. Bye guys. <laughs>